Welcome to the podcast Unimagined, where current and former students share how they imagined education in schools could be regarding student leadership. We ask them to share about their experiences and offer advice on how we can all do better. Students learn so much from each other. In this interview with Desiree, you'll hear how her experience as an exchange student in a rural high school changed her, her biases, and hopefully changed many of the students of the school that she went to. Welcome to the podcast, Uh, Desiree. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Today, my normal co-host, Taylor, is not here, but Emily is here uh, as a current student going into her senior year, and she is interested in learning how to do podcasting. So we're really excited to have her to join us. So Desiree, you took a survey about your leadership qualities. They certainly did not surprise me at all. What did you think when you took that survey and you got those the results? I don't know. I don't really uh, think a lot about the qualities I have. So I like to take such surveys because they remind me of um, the good qualities I have. In my stressful times, I need to remember <laughs> that I have some qualities uh, to work on and develop and focus on more. When I think back of your at your time, almost seven years, I think about how kind you were to your classmates and how eager you were to learn. Now, when you were in chemistry with me, had you already taken chemistry in Lebanon? Yes, yes, I have. Well, um, the the schooling system here is quite different. You do, you do not get to choose. Uh, the subjects you take you kind of have to take all the subjects and then you choose when you go to college or you choose when you are a senior if you want to pursue your uh, higher studies in uh, some something scientific or uh, literature or uh, philosophy this is the only time when you get to choose this is why i have taken many chemistry classes i have taken chemistry since i was a sixth grader i was pretty familiar with chemistry not very familiar with lab work because because we do not do a lot of lab here. We focus more on the theories. So a 16-year-old came to America. This was a huge jump for you in terms of traveling or where you live in Lebanon. Are you able to travel pretty freely? That was my first ever trip <laughs> away from my family. It was my first time going on, going on a plane. It was my first. Um, I only went to Syria once when I was a little kid, and that was uh, in a bus. I had never been on a plane before. And my first time was an entire year away from the country. So that was a huge step for me. It changed, it changed my life, not just like one year. Oh my goodness. So, and now that I'm looking at your qualities, I also see bravery and you must have been so brave. Please tell me how you, 
how you got yourself to the idea of learn in America. Tell me how that happens. Um, to be very honest, I thought that this would never happen. I just applied. I thought it, I'm, I'm not going to get accepted. There was plenty of kids applying. I did not take it seriously first. And then they started calling me for one interview, one application. I was moving step after step, and then I got accepted. I was in front of a visa. You're going to the States. <laughs> I thought it never happened. So I realized just like a couple of weeks before leaving, I'm not going to be here for the next 10 months. It was like a joke <laughs> at first. You were saying that when you got here, you were able to choose the classes that you wanted to take? If I wanted this year to be um, considered as uh, a junior year here in Lebanon, I had to take some of the classes. I had to take a chemistry class. I had to take a pre-calculus, uh, an English class, and the rest, I, I could pick the rest. What did you choose to take? I remember taking uh, psychology and cooking classes <laughs> because those do not exist here. We do not have such classes like the fun classes at all. Yeah, I took an English and history class, yeah. Emily is, is going through the same year that you went through when you were at the school. Did you know who you were going to be living with? Did you know where you were going to be going in America? I talked to my host family on, on, uh, on Facebook a couple of times before meeting them in person. But yeah, that was it because I was placed a bit late. So I was placed, uh, I knew where exactly I was going to be living um, before I left, like a couple of weeks before I left. So I did not have time to meet them or call them or Zoom them. So yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. But I was lucky. Yeah. No, they had two kids, but they were married. Did you know where in America you were coming? Uh, the program taught us a bit about the, like some geography. <laughs> They taught us about the states, their capitals, where they, where they are on the map. But we did not know exactly about uh, the characteristics of each state. And I discovered these things when I went there. I discovered the difference in the accents. I discovered the difference in the attitude of the people. New Hampshire is a bit known for its uh, country lifestyle. Uh, Florida that I visited is more of a touristic place, uh, New York, Washington. To be honest, I did not know exactly what these what uh, these characteristics were before I went there. And and how would you describe the the town in which our school is located compared to where you are in Lebanon? Well, I live in a country too. I do not live in the city, but. Uh, it's not as much of a country. It was not uh, full of farms, horses, cows, not this much. So that was a big change for me. I was not used to live in the same house with chicken, horses. That was a beautiful experience for me because I love animals. So it was great. And I loved seeing the kids coming to the school wearing cowboy uh, boots and hats. So that was... Uh, different. 
I don't remember <laughs> that at all that, that we would wear. Yes, yeah, some kids do, not all of them. <laughs> so talk about the culture of school in Lebanon versus the culture of school at where we were here. To compare it, right, I'm going to compare the school in America to the college life here. And here we have uniforms uh, in schools. We have specific classes to take. We do not pick the classes. We do not have like a big cafeteria or a in the schools. We have those in college. So it prepared me to the college life. What do you think the benefits of not being able to make your choices are for students? I don't think this is very beneficial, to be honest, because kids, sometimes the kids have challenges in the scientific subjects or have challenges in languages. So here we are, we have to take languages. We have to take English, we have to take French, and we have to take Arabic. And three different languages are a bit challenging sometimes for different kids. So being able to pick your favorite or what you think you are going to use in the future is something good and this is not an option here so when kids are struggling in math sometimes they switch to go to study a um, we call it they go to a technical school to learn a um, mechanics or uh, like an industry you know is it a choice that you're, that students in Lebanon are able to make that choice that math is too hard or science is too hard yeah, this is an option at nine, at the ninth grade or um, after they finish uh, high school. They can choose. Yeah, they, they can choose to go to a technical school either before high school or after high school. Why did you fill out that application as an option to, to come to America? What, w- what were you thinking? My teacher told me that you might have a chance to get picked. You're good in English and... Uh, you have good grades, so you have an option. So why not uh, fill it? I was kind of a spoiled kid here. I was very attached to mom and dad. I could not leave the house. So she told me maybe this was going to be a, an experience for you to, to grow stronger. And yeah, I, I, I told my parents they would they were not taking it seriously like I was not. So they said, OK, if you want to try, just like do it. But then when I got accepted, they were like, can you go and live alone? So, yeah, that was a challenge for me. And just I just wanted to try it. But now if I have an option, I would be traveling the world. Maybe if I did not go to the States, I, I wouldn't have this, this courage. How was it for your parents when you left? Well, it was harder than I thought it was, <laughs> was going to be. Yeah, especially for my uh, for my mom. She, she was like crying for every time they talked about me, she would cry again. <laughs> yeah, she did not get used to it. And now my sister is going to the States in the same program. Yeah, so my mom is bringing back the memories. <laughs> so she's going to be doing an exchange program as well. That's it. She's going this year. <laughs> Okay, so this is like a question for you and a question for her. Do you have a choice of where you get to go in America? No. You fill the application and they try to match the placement with the the culture you live in here. So city kids are most likely to get placed in the city 
so they are more used to, to uh, their environment, you know. What do you remember being one of your first reactions or experiences when you got off the plane? Uh, I remember getting lost in the airport <laughs> and asking for a woman to uh, to help me reach the gate because I did not know how uh, to how to to act. I mean, I I was not used to to airports or planes or like check ins. So she was very kind and she went with me and um, drove me to the check in point and then waited for me to get on the plane and then left. <laughs> I was a bit uh, worried. I lost my passport. I was very, very uh, confused. I did not know what to do. Oh my gosh, you lost your passport, or you thought you lost it? Yeah, I dropped. I dropped my passport, and then I, uh, I heard the the woman on the on the microphone saying my name and pronouncing it wrong. So I did not know she was calling me. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it took me some time to get my passport back. So what advice are you giving to your sister about her experience? She knows how much this affected me and how much this changed me. This is a lifetime experience. I mean, it's not going to happen again. Just like enjoy every single moment of it. I'm thinking about the the technological advances that have happened in the last seven years. So she's probably going to be easily able to chat with her host family and get to know them and maybe even take a tour. Yeah, I think this was going to this is going to help her because I was so um, surprised. I felt like a stranger the first night. I could not sleep. I literally called my mom at night and like told her, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I was like. Just I dropped in a house where I knew no one. I'm not used to uh, having dogs around. I'm not used to having uh, so much, so many animals around. I did not know if I was really able to finish ten months in this environment because I uh, I arrived at night. The next day when I got to talk to my host mom and my host dad and really felt how nice they were and how generous this is to um, welcome someone into your home and make them a part of your family. I, I realized that these people are really um, so kind and so generous that I'm lucky to be uh, living with them. That's so nice. I'm sure you've had um, other people, other friends that you know who were exchange students. Is that pretty common where the host family is is pretty generous and kind and really accommodating? Yeah, some of my friends uh, asked uh, to be uh, to switch families or to live with some somebody else. Uh, and that was because of, I think, cultural misunderstandings or uh, they did not really talk about their issues or like the the host family was busy all the time and they did not have time to get to like take them out show them some places so this was a struggle for some kids I did not have this uh, this problem some somewhere else and it's a bit challenging to to get used to a a room a house a family and then to move to another one it's like it's hard to feel that you do not belong in the place you are living in. Like 10 months seems like not a very long time, like outside looking in. But when you are inside, 10 months could probably feel like an, an eternity. 
for me, it went so fast because I was happy. I was enjoying it. And I don't think it was like a phase and then I moved on. Uh, my host family are now, are now a part of my family. I'm, I'm very serious. I, I talk to them on a regular basis. They are a part of my of my life now. I don't I I wish to go back and visit them. I am just waiting um, to to be able to financially be able to go to the states, and I got my visa. I'm very excited to go and see them. I wish they they can be with me on my graduation, on my wedding. I really feel they are a part of my family. So and I I think many of my exchange of my exchange friends have the same feeling and some of them just went back to the states a couple of years ago and saw their host families again. It's like you left a part of you in the place where where you lived. I think I have memories in this place, so that's why I I loved it so much. Did you make really great friends while you were here at the school? Yes, I did. I did make many friends in the school and I did make many friends um around the world because I had many exchange students from different programs, different countries that were that lived in New Hampshire. We traveled together, we went together places, they took us trips together. So I think these are very good friends. I love them so much and I keep in touch with them all the time. You are a very confident and smart young lady. I remember you being very quiet in chemistry. Um, what was it like for you being a new student, speaking a different language? What were some of the challenges that you faced? Of course, I had challenges to um, make friends because I'm not a very um, like pushy person. I, I have trouble to go to someone and say, hi, introduce myself. I have, I have issues in this matter. Of course, I had language problems. My accent is horrible, <laughs> but I, I think it got better with time. Yeah, and usually I'm not a, I'm not a loud person in class because here they teach us to be very discipline, disciplined in class. We cannot talk too much, so that's why I was very quiet in class. My colleagues used to t- used to tell me that you were you do not participate much in class, but for me it was this is what we had to do here. I, I mean. We're not allowed to talk so much. You have to raise your hand and wait for the professor to say if you can talk or not. What advice would you give to students who have exchange students as part of their community? I think exchange students or exchange programs are an opportunity for both the exchange student himself and the hosting community because it's very hard to teach ourselves uh, how to accept and how to talk, to communicate, especially with people that we have stereotypes about. It's an, it's an opportunity to break the stereotypes and to know how to befriend a person without looking back at his background. I mean, for a person coming from the Middle East, I thought I was not going to get accepted as much as I did. I thought that people were going to look at me like the media shows my country or the surrounding countries, that was a fear for me, to be honest. And this is why I was not very confident first to um, tell the people where I come from or where I live. But then I I, I realized it was just in my head. I, I was able to make friends and they were very kind and nice to me. I think you raise a good point, though. I mean, you then are acknowledging that perhaps you had stereotypes of how we would respond to you. 
But I don't think that you're wrong. I think there was probably a lot of stereotypes placed on you by students. And I love what you said about it being an opportunity for both the exchange student and the host community in general. I think that those are really valuable pieces of information that I would like to make sure I share. What about advice to teachers of the host school? What advice would you give to teachers? I don't think I have advices for you, but I want to uh, talk about a very important point that you guys gave me the opportunity to make presentations in classes about my country. Many teachers talked to me after class and told me if I would like to make a PowerPoint presentation or talk a bit about my country. And that was great. I mean, many of my students did not know where my country was located on the map. And it's a small country. I understand that people do not know where it exactly is. It was a great opportunity to share my some of my historical background or um, photos of my country, my family. This broke barriers between me and my friends and me and my teachers. What about the like the principal and the superintendents and the school board? Is there any advice or suggestions you could make for them in terms of you know, welcoming and including and bringing you right into the community and not sort of leaving it in your hands to get immersed into the community. When I was in the school, the, the principal was very kind to me. Uh, he allowed me to graduate with the seniors, also, although I was not a senior, and that was super cool. He also allowed me to see a, um, yeah, a counselor, yeah. That was a great opportunity for me because I wanted to uh, continue my studies in the States, but I chose medicine, so this is very expensive. This is why I was not able to do it. But she helped me apply to many colleges before I left. So that was great. My host family wanted to host a student, and they told them that the school is not having an exchange students this year. I don't think this is a very good decision because I think... There are many, many students, many countries that have not, that did not have exchange students. And maybe if they did, they would um, allow the, the American students to know more about these countries. The advice would be to take more exchange students every year. I think we've occasionally had three, maybe four at the most, but I think the years that we have many, I think there's so much value because not only are we learning about your community and your culture, but you're also learning about their community and their culture. And it's, you know, the more people we're bringing in from the outside, the more we all are learning. Yeah, exactly. And I had some friends in New Hampshire and other schools they had many exchange students with them at the same school from different countries and different programs. Uh, this helped them like to immerse more in their school environment. Because when you have, even though they do not know each other, like they do not know all their American peers, but when you have someone that is sharing the same experience with you, it's easier for me, for you to feel their struggles and to become friends easier than with someone with a different experience. And they can both 
make more friends together. So I think having many exchange students at the same time will help the student and will help their, their American peers accept them more. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with counselors and your counseling. Do they offer things like that in Lebanon? And, um, and, and what value, what were you able to get through that conversation with the counselor? Yeah. Well, in my high school, I was in a public high school here, so we did not have any counselors at all. Some private schools do have counselors, to be, to be honest, but I was in a public school, so I did not have any. Uh, in college, we do have counselors, uh, and be- because I'm a, in a private college now, I do have counselors, but in pr- public colleges, they, they do not, which is, I think, a big mistake because many, many students choose the wrong major or they pick something because of uh, their financial abilities that they do not actually like. So having a counselor, especially at this young age, is very important because you cannot actually clearly take a decision about your future when you're so young. So you need to take advice from someone that is experienced in this um, in this domain. I think the one thing that I still wanted to ask you a little bit about is the system of education in Lebanon. Can you share a little bit more about what private and public education is in Lebanon and maybe just walk us a little bit through what your education journey has been? When I was in middle school and when I was in kindergarten, I was in a private school and then I moved to a public school for high school. For the educational qualities or like the the quality of the subjects we are taking the the teachers the 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 teachers like potential it's it's great they teach us very great things and they focus a lot on sciences on languages i think it's good in this manner but the educational system in lebanon is make the social difference between different classes bigger because people with greater financial abilities have uh, a greater potential to learn in better schools. Because of the, the country's weak finances, they are not able to um, give more money to public schools and make it as, at the same level of private schools. So that's why people with greater uh, financial abilities have greater education which is not uh, right at all. That's one of the weaknesses. And it's very hard, to be honest. It's hard. The schooling system and methods are not very adequate for all the kids uh, with different uh, needs, with different situations. What I like about the United uh, States schools is that I, I noticed that people with special needs are in the same school of other kids, which is not present here. They are just integrated in the school. They have an assistant. They help them with everything they need, and they go to the same classes, which is great. Uh, People with special needs here just go to a special school. They do not go to the same school as other kids. I agree with you. I think that that's an exceptional thing. Why do you think that that's a valuable experience for students in general? just because they are a part of our society. We do not need to have them integrated. They are a part of us. They have to go to the same school. They have to to walk on the same street and to go to the same supermarket and to go to the same university. We need 
to make the environment they live in just adequate to them, not make them adequate to the environment they live in. I don't think this is a value as much as this is a, a duty. This is what we just have to do. They are a part of this society. That was so beautifully said. Thank you. I think that one beautiful thing that I noticed is that people in the States come from different backgrounds, which is great. They do not all look the same. They do not all have the same foods, background cultures. They are different. And this makes the culture so rich, so accepting, so open-minded. When you have many, many people from different origins, this is just a richness in itself. Thank you so much for this interview, Desiree. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. It was great talking to you. What I really loved about Desiree's story was the piece about inclusivity and how we should not be designing schools around students with different needs, but finding ways to incorporate them into all of our schools because they are part of our society. She makes such a beautiful point of inclusion, and I don't know that she would have seen the possibilities of that experience had she not come to the United States and seen it firsthand. She's an incredible student. She was an incredible student when I had her in class, and she still astounds me at her empathy and awareness of the world forward to building upon those connections as we both grow. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unimagined. If this episode spoke to you, like it. If you think someone else could use it, share it. Or if you know of a student who has a story to tell, connect them to us. You can find me on Twitter at lconnell20. The theme music for this podcast was written and produced from a former colleague of mine, Keith McLinden, who is also an educator at a vocational school in Massachusetts. Thank you.